Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, how appropriate it is for us tonight together as a community of churches, especially on this holy night of Good Friday. You know, each of our congregations, they each have their own traditions and their own histories, their own personalities, their own gifts. But tonight, as we gather, we should remember that we gather truly with one mission as congregations, and that is in the community of Lafayette, in the Allen East community, we are here to preach Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins. That's our mission, uh, uniquely, individually, but also together. That's what God has placed us here to do. And so tonight, I hope to look with you at just what the good news is of Christ crucified. And I pray that, that your heart will be refreshed as we look at the work of Christ for us. And so tonight, I want to look and begin with John 19.30, the end of the Passion reading that we just heard, which says, when Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus' last word in the Gospel of John on the cross is, it is finished. In seminary Greek, everyone learns the word for it is finished. It's one word in Greek here in John 19. It's the word tetelestai. In fact, that's even become a bit of a trendy word. I've seen it on bumper stickers, on car decals, on t-shirts, this word tetelestai. I've even seen tattoos, the guys have had it on their forearms, that this word, it is finished, has become kind of a banner word for many Christians. But in seminary, students are taught this word because it's an example of how the perfect tense is used in grammar. And so, if it's been a while, the perfect tense describes a present state that results from a completed action. In other words, when we get it here in John 19, what we're getting is that what Jesus has come to do is completed. In fact, you can say it was perfected. He has finished what he has come to do. But what the perfect tense in Tetelestai tells us is that this completion the state of being finished or perfected, it remains relevant to us today. On the cross, when Jesus dies, it is over, but it's not just over. It is finished. And it is finished so that now we enjoy the benefits of what he has accomplished. But that raises the question, and now we have to ask, well, what is it? What is finished? What was it that Jesus set out to accomplish? Well, first, we can say that when Jesus says it is finished here on the cross, he means that the fulfillment of scriptures is finished. All of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all make this point. Jesus came to fulfill the scriptures. In fact, even in the story of Jesus' passion, which we just heard, in the gospel of John, that phrase is used. This was to fill with, fulfill what the scriptures say. And the point that the Gospels are getting to is that Jesus himself is the fulfillment of scriptures. And so when Jesus takes his last breath, he is declaring the scriptures fulfilled. In particular, Christ has come to fulfill God's word of promise. Every promise that we read in the Old Testament by God is fulfilled in the person 
of Jesus Christ. This is what St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. These promises are too many to list, but we might remember some of the big ones. In Genesis 3, God promises that Eve's seed is coming to bruise the head of the serpent. Well, Jesus does this. He puts an end to any accusation of Satan. Jesus shines light on the lies of the devil, and he takes away his power. When Satan would have us doubt that God is for us or God is faithful to us, we have Christ to take that power away from Satan. Christ proves God's faithfulness to forgive our sins. When Satan tries to get us to doubt our salvation, all we have to do is point to Christ. Look at Christ. There is my salvation. You'll remember God's promise to Abraham. Through you, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Jesus does this. Jesus comes to take away the sins of the world, to give the word of faith to the whole world, and therefore to make us all God's children. And so all the world is blessed because of Abraham's seed, that is Jesus the Christ. You remember the promise God makes to David. He says to David, your throne shall be established forever. This is true in Christ. The righteous son of David sits as king forever. The promises we find in the prophets, the promises in Isaiah of comfort, of return from exile, of forgiveness of sins, these are all made true in Jesus Christ. When Jesus says, it is finished, he means all of God's promises are finished, that they have come true through his son. The promises are finished, but they're not over. They're brought into completion for you. Jesus was lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have everlasting life. This is the completion of scripture, that we are fully reconciled to God through the gift of his son. But more than that, the very mission of Christ is finished here in the cross. The Gospel of John makes this clear. Because in the Gospel of John, there's especially this one promise, this one identity that's attached to Christ. It is the identity that John the Baptist points to in John chapter 1. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is how Christ fulfills all the scriptures. This is how he finishes them. He becomes the Lamb of God who bears away the sins of the world. This means that Christ has come to put your sins on himself. He makes them his own. He bears them. He carries them. They are his to deal with and no longer yours. He bears them. They are his. And this isn't just a game that God is playing. It's not just a kind of legal fiction. No, Christ actually takes our sins. He takes them on to himself. He bears them in his own body. And he bears the consequences of our sins. And so this is the message that we hold on to on Good Friday. This is the power of the cross. There's nothing else that makes the cross powerful but this. That for our sake Christ was made to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's the power of the cross. Christ became sin. He took all of our sins on himself for our behalf. And so the power of the cross that we gather under is that your sins are finished. 
they are ended. They are over. Your righteousness is made complete. And how is this? How can it be? Because Christ has taken your sins from you. Your sins. The ones in which you are most ashamed. The ones in which you would never dare to whisper. The sins you have habitually struggled to fend off. The sins by which you have hurt yourself and others. The sins of selfishness, faithlessness, greed, rebellion, and so on. All of them that you can name and those that you can't. They are no longer your sins because Christ has taken them from you. And so when Christ takes his last breath, he finishes off your sins. They die with him. They're buried with him. They are no longer remembered. Christ has finished them. And if Christ has finished your sins, think what else he has finished. He has finished the fear of death. The sting of death is our judgment under the law as sinners. The fear of death is the fear of being separated from God. That fear is gone. Christ has finished it. The enemy, which we know as death, is defeated. It has no power over us because Christ has taken it into himself. By God's word, Christ walked out of the tomb and declared the death of death. And the death of Christ is the death of death. It is finished. Again, this is what Paul says in Romans. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and has raised them. In faith, you have died to death. You have been given life in Christ. And so you no longer stand accused. The old you is dead. The old sinner is gone. And there is no one left to accuse because Christ is your righteousness. Any accusation against you is finished. Christ took all of the accusations against you and made them his own. And we see this in his suffering and death. Christ was called a liar, a blasphemer. He was called a fraud. He was mocked. All the accusations that rightly apply to you, he bore them for your sake. Even though he was without sin, he was entirely without guilt. He made your guilt his own, and he bore that guilt on his own body. He took the spit of sinners in his face. He took their beatings, took their insults. He took their nails hammered into his hands and his feet. He took the sinner sword into his side. He took the crown of judgment onto himself. He took it all. All that once belonged to you, he has made his own. And he finished it for you. And now you see the full truth of it. What really matters today, what really makes this Good Friday, is that you are finished. All that you were is finished. You once stood condemned, but now you no longer do. You once had all the reason in the world to despair, but now you no longer do. All of the selfishness, all of the hatred, all of that sin which once put a wedge between you and God is finished. It's all finished. Christ has taken it for you. And God has made all of his promises to you come true through the death of Christ. He has made you a new creation. Because of Christ, you are made new. It is finished. You are finished. The promises of God are finished in you. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.